Hey there, I'm your host, T.G. Brandfault, and you are listening to the Gondrepreneur.com podcast, where we try to bring you actionable information to normalize cannabis through the stories of Gondrepreneurs, activists, and industry stakeholders. Today, I'm joined by Vanessa Corrales, founder of Be Edibles out in San Diego. How are you doing? Hi. I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. Thanks for having me today. Oh, it's a pleasure. I'm, I'm real excited to, uh, to get to know you, get to know your products. But before we get into the products and be edibles, tell me about yourself. You know, uh, how, what was your path to uh, getting involved in the cannabis space? Excellent. Yes. So cannabis, it's, it's funny to hear all the stories that people have and what, what brings them to the cannabis space. Um, I come from a background of food and beverage. I've managed hotels. I've uh, been part of opening teams for restaurants. I've managed local breweries and local coffee shops as well here in San Diego. And I really wanted to dive into the food side of cannabis uh, with a twist of getting also the the Hispanic aspect of it or bringing cannabis in Spanish and and getting that Latino culture in there because if um, my Spanish speakers are listening out there we don't have a lot of information of cannabis in Spanish so I I know I wanted to jump into cannabis and my forte is food and beverage so that's where I kind of focus my energy on so, and, and that led you to the, the creation, the formation of Be Edibles, where you make cotton candy, which, let me tell you, that, that's a mind-blowing premise, like cotton candy that's, that's medicated. Um, so, so t- tell me about coming up with the cotton candy idea. Okay, so being in the food and beverage background and being in the industry and managing restaurants, I've always looked at Australia for new and upcoming trends. Um, And looking at Australia, Australia has fairy floss in everything. So fairy floss is the, the traditional name for cotton candy. It is started as fairy floss. Um, so fairy floss was in everything. And I was just thinking, wow, we don't have that here in the States. So I started a fairy floss company, not medicated. That was about a year and a half ago. And I really thought, okay, this is awesome. I never thought I was going to infuse cannabis into cotton candy. I mean, that's mind blowing to me. Just thinking about like, really? Cotton candy and cannabis? Is that even a thing? But in order for me to really want to dive in into the cannabis industry and into this market, I knew that I needed to create a product that wasn't a chocolate bar or wasn't a brownie or a cookie because there's already amazing companies doing that right now. So I knew I needed to stand up and create a big boom and say, you know, hello, I'm here, I'm colorful and I'm proud. And cotton candy just made sense. I was really struck when I was when I was thinking about this when we lined up this interview and, and thinking about cotton candy in addition to how delicious it probably is. But it, it, as a delivery <laughs> method, it's got to have benefits over over other edible methods, right? Correct. So because of the nature of cotton candy and how you consume cotton candy, it disintegrates. It completely melts in your tongue. So it acts as a sublingual. You will immediately feel, well, you know, 15, 20 minutes, you'll feel the effects of it. Um, for me personally, personally, it's, it's amazing. I, if I don't want to smoke in public, 
I, I consume it. And a lot of people have the idea of cotton candy being a lot of sugar. Oh my gosh, it's so much sugar. But it's mostly air. When you spin sugar, the process of creating cotton candy, you use less than a tablespoon of sugar. The machine melts it and it creates this big cloud of fluffy, sweet, infused cannabis cotton candy. So it's really not a lot of sugar. But when you consume it, you, you don't need a lot of it to feel the, the effects of it. So tell me a little bit about uh, your, your own medical cannabis use. Um, you, you have a condition, uh, endometriosis, and that's not something I specifically see covered in many states. So can you give, give us an idea of, of what that is and how cannabis helps you and, and how you utilize it? Absolutely. So endometriosis is one of those uh, diseases that not a lot of people know about it or not a lot of women talk about it. Uh, endometriosis is the tissue that lines our uterus, our uterus as females uh, begins to develop outside of our organs. So it can develop in our fallopian tubes, in our uh, intestines, in our appendix, you know, wherever it could travel to our brain. Um, and that tissue is called endometrium, which is why it's called endometriosis. Um, and it acts the same as the lining that we have in our uterus. So it sheds during the monthly menstrual cycle. So now you can only imagine if that tissue travels to your intestines or to any other organ in your body. And every month it acts as your menstrual cycle and it starts shedding blood, but there's no place for it to to release or to go, you start creating these pockets, these, these cysts or these chocolate cysts or these tumors that have nowhere to go and that create this excruciating pain. I mean, 24-7 pain. You can't get out of bed. Um, it causes nausea, um, crazy inflammation, um, and it affects a lot of women. A lot of women don't talk about it because it's one of those diseases that you don't know about until 10 years later when it's too late and infertility kicks in. And like myself, um, I suffer from infertility. Um, I've had seven surgeries. Um, I've had endometriosis in my large intestine, my small intestine, my colon, my appendix, fallopian tube, ovaries. I mean, everywhere. And and the pain is ridiculous. Um, and of course, the doctors give you hormone therapy and they give you all these uh, medic narcotics. I was in Percocets and Dilaudid and morphine for many, many years. Uh, and not once was I introduced to cannabis. Right. And that, and that has a lot to do with uh, me being Hispanic and not being socially accepted in my culture. So, so how do you use cannabis? Do do you smoke it? Do you, do you use edibles? What what delivery method helps best with uh, your symptoms? So, uh, uh, an interesting thing with endometriosis. One of the main uh, well, the main things that doctors give you with endometriosis is hormone therapy. They either give you uh, those uh, Lupron, which is like a, a hormone replacement through an injection in your stomach, which creates blood clots. So if you consume, if you smoke cannabis, it increases your risk of blood clots, which is why I try to con not consume, can uh, not smoke cannabis because of that, um, because I've been through hormone therapy for many, many years. So I like edibles. I like vaping, um, which 
is why I love the cotton candy because it it's that sweet tooth in me and it's fast acting <laughs> and I, I I can really dose out how much I consume as well because it's fast acting. Do you have any concern as a, a patient in California that the new rules will have a negative uh, effect on the medical cannabis program currently in the state? Oh, that's an interesting question and a great question because uh, the proposed regulations were just uh, given to us a few weeks ago. And of course, as a, as a medical patient that consumes cannabis on a regular basis, uh, with the new proposed regulations, you can only uh, buy pack, prepackage the edibles for all, all the manufacturers in packages of 100 milligrams, which if you talk to a cancer patient or someone that suffers from seizures, 100 milligrams does nothing, you know, and, it, and it's, I, I'm afraid that as well as a manufacturer, it's going to be an issue for, for cotton candy. It's there's no way for us to dose out 10 milligrams for patients. So cotton candy is I'm afraid it's probably not going to exist come 2018 and the new regulations. That's really, really unfortunate. Is is, is there any um is there any light at the end of the tunnel with regard to these regulations? Because these are still proposals, right? Correct. They're still proposals. Um, June 13th was the last day for the community to speak up and um, talk, you know, give give their opinion um, regarding. But again, they're just proposals, and, and we're thankful for them. I mean, there's still time to change all of these, and I know there's a lot of people working towards changing that and, and the dosage and... You know, the, the details that are missing in these proposed regulations. Well, I want to talk to you a, a little bit more about, about the uh, regulations a uh, little bit in, in a little bit broader terms. But before we do that, we got to take a short break. This is the Entrepreneur.com podcast on TG Brandfall. This episode of the Gondrepreneur.com podcast is made possible by Name.com, a global provider of domain name, web hosting, and email services. Every successful cannabis business needs an online presence, and every successful online presence begins with a domain. From your website to your email address, a good domain is easy for your customers to remember, it looks nice on a business card or billboard, and it reflects the true identity of the project it represents. It's important to reserve your domain early on when you are starting your business, as you may find that the .com address for your preferred brand or concept has already been taken. If somebody has already purchased the ideal .com for your business, they might be willing to sell it, but if they aren't, you may have to get creative with one of the new alternate domain extensions, such as .co, .club, .shop, or even .farm. Reserve your domain name today at name.com slash gondrepreneur. If you are a domain name investor or venture capital firm interested in acquiring or advertising premium cannabis domains, go to the Gondrepreneur domain market to browse a wide variety of names, including strains.com, cannabismedia.com, mj.com, and countless others. Discover branding opportunities for your next startup and learn about listing your premium domain names for sale at gondrepreneur.com slash domains, sponsored by name.com.
Welcome back to the Gontrepreneur.com podcast. I'm your host, T.G. Brandfall, here with Vanessa Corrales, founder of Be Edibles. Uh, so before the break, we were talking a bit about, uh, you know, the new rules, uh, California's as they roll into rec. Um, what are, you, you had said that there's a possibility that your, your product, the, the cotton candy, might be, not be available at, in, under the new regime. Um, what are your plans if, if that happens? So I've been soul searching <laughs> and thinking, okay, so what's going to happen, right? I've been working so hard and diligently and creating a product that's safe, that the quality is there. I mean, it is, people are like, it is cotton candy. I'm like, yes, but it's still clean meds. We still lab test and we still, you know, have clean, a, a sweet, clean medication for people. Um, so I started thinking, okay, so what, what can we do if cotton candy is out of the question and still keep the integrity of, of what B is and and the quality and the consistency behind B? And to make cotton candy, we first infuse sugar. That's what we do. We infuse sugar. So that's the new steps for B Edibles. We are going to have infused sugar for the cannabis community that is lab tested, that can be microdosed. So we currently have sugar cubes um, that will be going out to the community um, to uh, hopefully dispensaries pretty soon. And they're microdosed at 10 milligrams each, lab tested, um, all organic. Uh, I didn't mention that earlier, but all of the products that we use or all the ingredients that we use are 100% organic ingredients. No artificial flavors, no artificial colors, uh, no preservatives or antins. So I see B Edibles as being the manufacturer of infused sugar, which is a staple in everyone's home. I love how, how entrepreneurs, man, like you guys are able to overcome almost any roadblock. You know, you're not allowed to bank. Oh, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll find, we'll make this service and, and we'll have that service and, and we'll form these coalitions. Like it's, I mean, really, I mean, it's really, it's really incredible, really heartening for me to see, um, especially when, you know, your, your products on the verge of not being allowed in, in California, which is sort of crazy. Um, so the, in California, you know, where Latinos encompass the largest racial or ethnic group, um, the legalization there provides a big opportunity to break old traditions, clear the path to have the industry dominated by others besides the white male. Uh, women, they hold 36% of leadership positions in the cannabis industry. What does all this mean for Latinas? You had said earlier that there's a stigma attached to it. I am not a Latina. So, and, 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 so, so could you explain... <laughs> um, could you explain to me what that stigma is and, and what legalization in California does mean for that segment of the population? Absolutely. So interesting here in San Diego, we're so close to the border. We're so close to Mexico. We're 15, 20 minutes away from Mexico, from a completely different country where cannabis or marijuana is still seen as this gateway drug that only, you know, tweakers use. Like it's seen as you're going to hell, right? You're, you smoke cannabis, you're a bad person. You should be in the streets begging. Like you're worthless. That is still the stigma surrounding it. Like no question about it. 
um, people still don't use the word marijuana. You know, my, my, my grandparents or my, my aunts still don't use the word marijuana really out in the public because they don't want to be that person talking about it. Um, being at the border, oddly enough, we don't have the information out there yet. The information of uh, cannabis is okay. You know, cannabis is healing a lot of people. Cannabis is 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 opening the minds of so many, and and we're getting creative people and artists, and doctors are using it, and lawyers are using it. You know, it's not just for a bad person. And the opportunity that cannabis is giving, and the cannabis community here in California to really shed the light, because whether Mexicans like it or not, we follow we as Mexicans follow what California does or what the U.S. does, and the U.S. is legalizing cannabis. So now Mexico is 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 going that path, right? The Senate just approved uh, medical use in Mexico, which is insane, insane. I'm just wondering what what it all you know what does the legalization mean for the Latina population? So for for Latinas in in California, it's amazing that we can enter this space without having a a person or or an established uh, corporation or company saying you know we male or we Hispanics you know, don't have room in this. There's so much room for us Latinas to really spread the knowledge and the love and the, the, how can I say it? The passion that we have for this plant. It is, it is giving us a platform to shine because we, we're all on the same le- level. It's all the same playing ground, right? For everyone. Me, me as a as a Latina woman and my neighbor and their neighbor, we all we all have the same ground. We can all be super successful in this industry, which is not a not you can't say that with other industries, right? And that's what cannabis brings to not only Latinas but Latinos and other minorities, which is amazing that I am able to say that I am living and growing and my career is growing and my passion is growing in this industry with this amazing community. You, you had mentioned uh, that, that your parents and grandparents don't even say, mutter the word marijuana. Um, what was their reaction when they didn't you, understand. You know, started this They didn't company? understand what I was talking about. Um, I'm like, I'm, I'm going to be working with marijuana because, you know, they don't they don't know the word cannabis. Cannabis is, is not a thing in Mexico. So I'm like, yeah, I'm going to work with marijuana. They're like, what? I'm like, and then I kept saying, yeah, yeah, mota. <laughs> like, like uh, I'm not sure how, <laughs> how more clear I can be. But because no, they didn't. And you know what? They, they, they didn't. Maybe if it was another cousin, you know, <laughs> maybe. But I've been a girl that has always loved books, that is always in school, um, that, you know, I graduated from college, and I'm one of the only cousins from my Mexico side that that has been to college. So they know that I wouldn't make a, a, a crazy decision that wasn't well thought out or that I would harm my family or myself, but and they, they didn't disown me. I mean, 
they were they were a little confused and it did need a little education um, because all they know about about marijuana is uh, if you're a bad person you smoke it and you probably smoke it and then you also probably do other drugs and you probably also rob people or you know do crazy other stuff so when I was telling them they you could see like their heads turn you know like a little puppy when <laughs> when their head turns like I don't understand <laughs> but you know what the great thing about it is that when I talk when I when I spoke to them about this project and I started with with cotton candy it kind of broke the ice which is what I love about cotton candy is that it allows me to to preach per se it allows me to talk cannabis without really that that wall of oh no no I don't want to talk about cannabis it, it really broke the barrier it's like oh cotton candy what tell me more like how does this work and then it allows me to educate them which at the end of the at the end of the day if we don't educate our community, if we don't educate and, and and pass that knowledge of what we know, and again, we don't know much in this community because we're we're writing the laws, we're we're doing the research, we're doing everything right now. Um, but if we don't spread the knowledge that we currently have, there's no way that we're going to break the stigma. And and the Mexican culture is really stubborn. So when you come to it with a very bubbly and, and colorful way and being a female that they don't, don't really expect that, um, they really embrace it and they open their ears and they open their mind and their heart, which is amazing to me. I really didn't think that they were going to be OK with it. I mean, I was going to do it regardless, <laughs> but it was great. It, it's been great. So as as we've been talking, and, and I said this to you during the break, that you know you're 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 a very bubbly personality, and <laughs> and and you're, you're you're the photos of you, you have multicolored hair. So how how important it was it to you for your brand to represent that bubbly, colorful personality? It was everything. It absolutely was everything. When I first decided that this is the path that I was going to take, I really struggled with what did I want to call it? How did it, how was the, the, the feel and the colors? Because what was out in the market at that time that I really didn't identify with anything. And I really wanted to to scream individuality and to bring colorful and to be unique and being working in food and beverage and working in restaurants and hotel um, and whoever is listening that has been in this industry in that industry it's you have to be a certain way you have to talk a certain way you have to dress a certain way and I really wanted to step away from that I wanted to embrace people's individuality but I also really wanted to bring color to the cannabis community um by really pushing about being yourself so I really I kept on telling myself I don't know what I want to call it I just want it to be colorful I want it to be you unique I want it to be love I want it to be creative and I kept on saying this I'm like I just want it to be literally I just want it to be so it kind of just stuck and you know some people are like oh it's bettables I'm like well, sure, <laughs> if you want it to be edible, sure. Um, but it's about being B, and that's the beauty about B. It can be wherever you want it to be. Bubbly, 
serious, you know, creative. You could be elevated. You could be high. You could be whatever you want to be. And that's what cannabis does to me personally as an individual, as a medical marijuana patient. It allows me to be myself. And that's why I love cannabis. So you sort of had the... What you Correct. wanted the business Absolutely. 110%. To, what message you wanted the business to have before you had the product. Is that weird? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that, that's really kind of shocking. It is, it is sort of weird. Um, you know, I mean, in, in my experience, I mean, I've done, you know, dozens of these interviews and, and nobody <laughs> said to me, yeah, I knew what I wanted to call it and I knew what message I wanted to have before I knew what I was actually going to make. No, that's that's... So, so you, I mean, you're unique even in, in that way. Um, I, I want to switch gears a little bit, kind of move back a little bit. Um, um, we, we were talking about, uh, you know, California, and, and California is really interesting as, as they go into legalization because of the equity provisions that are being outlined, not just by the, right. the state legislation, but also by individual legislation in San Francisco and Oakland. Uh, they, they were putting together equity provisions for the industry. I mean, months before, you know, they knew it was coming. So do you think that, that those equity provisions in cities like San Francisco and Oakland, do they do enough to remove the barriers uh, to entry for minorities in California? I mean, if you talk to the Latina in me, I'm going to say there's, it's never enough, right? But um, it's a start. It's a start. And, and I'm thankful and I'm happy that we're at least starting somewhere. Um, and I know the the equity details in Oakland and San Francisco, I'm not super familiar with them, but I know that there's that 50% go to minorities with uh, convictions and, and like some income thresholds or something like that. Yeah. Am, am I correct saying that? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and I know that there is very little uh, written in the proposed regulations uh, um, for us over here. Um, again, I think whatever we do to move towards that is amazing. Um, the, it, we have to put it in writing, right? And, and these social equity need, need to be in writing because it is true. It is it, it is a fact that we are the minority, uh, but like I said earlier, we are on a, on a level playing field. Like we need to get out there as uh, Spanish speaking speakers, as uh, Latina and Latinos. We need to get out there and really talk to to other people and and spread the knowledge in order to to get where we want cannabis to be um, and. And these social equity programs are only going to help us get there. Well, I want to talk to you too a bit, a bit more about what, what other products you got in the works. Um, before we do that, we got to take our last break. This is the Entrepreneur.com podcast. I'm TG Brandfall. At Gontrepreneur, we have heard from dozens of cannabis business owners who have encountered the issue of cannabis, which is when a mainstream business, whether a landlord, bank, or some other provider of vital business services, refuses to do business with them simply because of their association with cannabis. We have even heard stories of businesses being unable to provide health and life insurance for their employees because the insurance providers were too afraid to work with them. 
We believe that this fear is totally unreasonable and that cannabis business owners deserve access to the same services and resources that other businesses are afforded, that they should be able to hire consultation to help them follow the letter of the law in their business endeavors, and that they should be able to provide employee benefits without needing to compromise on the quality of coverage they can offer. This is why we created the Gondrepreneur.com Business Service Directory, a resource for cannabis professionals to find and connect with service providers who are cannabis-friendly and who are actively seeking cannabis industry clients. If you are considering hiring a business consultant, lawyer, accountant, web designer, or any other ancillary service for your business, go to gondrepreneur.com businesses to browse hundreds of agencies, firms, and organizations who support cannabis legalization and who want to help you grow your business. With so many options to choose from in each service category, you will be able to browse company profiles and do research on multiple companies in advance so you can find the provider who is the best fit for your particular need. Our business service directory is intended to be a useful and well-maintained resource, which is why we individually vet each listing that is submitted. If you are a business service provider who wants to work with cannabis clients, you may be a good fit for our service directory. Go to gondrepreneur.com businesses to create your profile and start connecting with cannabis entrepreneurs today. Hey, welcome back to the Gontrepreneur.com podcast. I'm your host, T.G. Brandfall, here with Vanessa Corrales, founder of Be Edibles. Um, so uh, you had mentioned uh, before we got started that you were working on something in Mexico. So why don't you tell me uh, about that endeavor? I'm, I'm sure, um, I'm sure you're, there's not a whole lot of people working out there yet. So why don't you oh give God. us an idea of what's going on? Just, just thinking about me, like talking about it with you is is amazing. I'm like getting little tinglys all over my body. Um, because we have no information out there uh, in Spanish, right? Um, which is why I'm super passionate and super excited about this project. Um, so it's Cannabis en Español, which is a platform of blogs, video blogs, or vlogs, and um, a website that brings articles that are currently written in English, translated into Spanish, as well as a blog by me and a blog by me as well um, in Spanish, talking about cannabis, talking about what's going on. Um, We don't have that, right? And how are we going to get our community, our Spanish-speaking community, to really embrace this cannabis movement? Because there's a shit ton of us out there, right? I mean, our schools teach in Spanish. Why aren't we teaching in Spanish over here? So I was super excited to be part of the first cannabis or club canabico, the first cannabis club in Tijuana last week. Uh, It just came from the sky. I was contacted by a doctor that researches um, the endocannabinoid system in Mexico that I, he was an old friend of mine. He said, we're doing this cannabis meeting. It's the first one. We're just going to get together and see what's going on. Like, what do we want to do? Where do we want to take this? And I got invited and it was the most surreal thing. We were in this beautiful home in Mexico. Um, I was surrounded by 11 men, and I was the only female there. Wow. It was just insane. 
it was amazing. I felt just in shock and in awe and happy with life at that moment saying, yes, we are doing this. Yes, this is happening right now. And I mean, Mexico, you have, you know, cartels and narcotics and the war on drugs. That's all we think and breathe over there, which is crazy. And that's all that the news tells us. So I was so happy to be part of this group of men and I was so happy that they included a woman, a woman to go there and to be part of the movement. I was, I was just ecstatic. So cannabis in Espanol and then the club has its own name. They don't want to release the name yet uh, because again, legal implications in Mexico currently, they're trying to get all that squared away, but it's coming and it, and it's going to bring a lot of cool stuff to, to all our Spanish speakers over here. So what sort of issues uh, came up in this meeting? Um, so first of all, because we're at the border, most of them, you know, come to San Diego, um, cross the border frequently, like myself. Um, so it was, it was, we sat down and I'm like, okay, well, this is what we want to do. We want to inform our people. We want to get the community together. Um, we want to show that the cannabis or marijuana, because I say marijuana because, you know, cannabis isn't a word that is used in Mexico yet. Um, okay. <laughs> so we're like, okay, what are we going to do with marijuana? <laughs> like, oh my gosh, I'm literally in this room right now. This is so cool. Um, but we were talking about, okay, how are we going to get the community together? How are we going to get the community to see us, this group of crazy ass people trying to create this movement? Movement of, of cannabis is, is safe and is not a gateway, gateway drug. How are we going to get the community to really see us as legit, right? Not just, you know, a group of people that just want to smoke all day. Like, that's not <laughs> what we are. So, so they had some proposed, um, some ideas that they were proposing to the group that was there. You know, we're going to get people together and it's because it's still super illegal in Mexico. Um, it's invitation only. And we're going to, you know, clean beaches and we're going to do uh, private, private, private events and we're going to do uh, go on radio and do interviews, you know, in Spanish and help the community in feeding the homeless and and feeding, feeding foster care kids. And there's just a list of things and doing concerts to raise funds to to help this community and to help this nonprofit. And the the range of people that were in this meeting we had uh someone that works at a radio station um we had some lawyers we had doctors we had a few artists uh, like that paint and some other that do digital art and we just had such a, a unique dynamic going. And then me, uh, that brought, you know, that feminine side of cannabis that, you know, when I was talking to them, you know, not, and I started with not only men smoke weed. And they kind of looked at me like, yeah, I guess you're right. You know, and I, I started talking to them, you know, we need to start, start talking um, about marijuana to, to women, to moms, to, you know, ladies that are going maybe through endometriosis or through infertility or through this pain. And it, it was just amazing. I am very, very happy and excited for this project and to be, and to bring it, you know, to the community. So 
where can people find uh, find this blog? What's the web address for for the blog? So it's cannabisenespanol.org or cannabisenespanol.com is uh, the URL that we have. Again, um, we're barely rec- recording and starting it next week. So it's literally in its infancy. We're barely starting. Um, I have some awesome collaborations that are coming together, some uh, marketing gurus here in San Diego that really want to invest in this project that I'm very, very thankful for. Um, some videographer up in Oceanside that volunteered their time as well to record them. It's just coming together so beautifully, and that's something that this that that I really love about this cannabis community is that we're all about collaboration and really spreading the love that I do not see in other industries. That's a, that's a really super cool idea. As, as somebody who uh, you know, I, I try to try to cover international news as I can, but I I can't speak Spanish. So when I see, you know, what's going on in in Mexico or or other Spanish speaking countries, it's not as well covered in in the U.S. media. And so I mean, sometimes we have to rely on sort of sketchy translations. And so it, it's it's really uh, it, it sounds like a really really great project, even for us members of the media who want to stay on top of international cannabis news. Absolutely, and um, I was talking to other uh, websites like Medical Jane and talking to them about the project, just because they have a lot of articles. Um, to see how we can collaborate and get those articles translated. I mean, we have uh, doctors in Mexico that would back up any translations. Just obviously, if I translate some of your articles, I mean, you don't know what bullshit I can be saying, right? (laughs) (laughs) So, um, I mean, we want to make it as transparent and as truthful to the original article or uh, whatever it is that we're translating and the information that giving in Spanish. So we really want to uh, make it as clear and the best information as possible out there, obviously free for the community, for the Spanish-speaking community. Well, that, I mean, that's, that's really exciting stuff. I'm, 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 I'm really stoked to, to see how, how uh, you know, as, as you said, it's early to see how it all comes together for you. Um, finally, where, where can people find out more about, about Be Edibles, about the, the company that you're currently operating? So we have our Instagram is at beedibles or bedibles, like a lot of people like to call it. So no, and, dash. Uh, no, no dash on our Instagram, but we do have a dash on our website, which is www.b-edibles.com. And um, so yeah, that website is in the process of being uh, revamped, but you currently can go there and see the bubbly colors that the edibles is and probably a picture of me and my colorful hair too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I want to thank you so much for taking the time uh, to, to appear on the show. Really fantastic. um, You're you're really fantastic resource and um, you know, taking uh, a point position on trying to bring, trying to educate, you know, Spanish speakers and, and, and your own culture on cannabis. I mean, that's, I mean, that's, that's a, that's a huge project to undertake. And, yes. you know, it's really, it's really incredible that somebody's doing it. So, so thank you so much for being on the show and, and taking on that responsibility. Thank you. Thank you. I think that 
any person in the cannabis industry really has a lot lot of passion and and it's on us like we we are the ones getting all this knowledge we all we are the ones writing all these laws so it's on our backs to really put all this information out there for people the correct information out there and the correct image out there to the community and and cannabis is about being unique and it's about embracing individuality and we need to do that and and that's what i'm trying to do well, again, I thank you for coming on the show, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll keep an eye out for, for the new site, for sure. Absolutely. Thank you so much for ha- having me. It was a blast. You can find more episodes of the Gontrepreneur.com podcast in the podcast section of Gontrepreneur.com and in the Apple iTunes store. On the Gontrepreneur.com website, you will find the latest cannabis news and cannabis jobs updated daily, along with transcripts of this podcast. You can also download the Gontrepreneur.com app in iTunes and Google Play. This episode was engineered by Jeremy Sebastiano. I've been your host, T.G. Brandfault.